This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Troisar, hello, welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Happy New Year, happy Barrowween to those of you who celebrate. Wrexham got back to winning ways with a fantastic win on Monday, Tuesday. I can't remember the days anymore. We've just come out of that lull, haven't we, where you still don't quite know what day it is of the festive period. I believe it was Monday. If I was wrong, who cares? Uh, Nafe. A win and a defeat since we were last on the podcast. Thank you very much to anyone who took part in the big fat Wrexham quiz of the year for 2023. That's on YouTube if you're not caught up with it already. Already loads of feedback on that and how we'll improve it for next year. There's rumours we might try and get a few teams of you to play along live next year. So watch this space for that one. Uh, Naif, how are you doing? Are you still making way for the Christmas chocolate? You're still... Yeah, how, how are you doing? How's your... How's how is your life right now? Because I'm still stuck in this weird day where I don't know what day of the week it is. I've got a terrible cold from Walsall and Barrow, but yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm in love with Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. I've uh, just got back to where I live currently in London, and the remnants of an advent calendar that I hadn't actually finished because I rushed home ahead of the Newport game. So. I don't know, is it bad luck to have an advent calendar in January, finish it off? Or, I mean, it seems a shame to waste it, so I should probably have that. It'd be nice to have one every month of the year, wouldn't it? Yeah, although with that, I don't know, that, that might put me off chocolate if I have an advent calendar every, every month of the year. Um, I'm doing fine. I'm much happier uh, after Barrow than I was. I'm much happier after the 45th minute against Barrow than I was for the 44 minutes before that and the Walsall game. Walsall, I tweeted at the time, one of those games, I'm sure we'll get into it, you were there, it was a Poundland performance at at the Poundland Stadium. So it was not very good. We all looked absolutely knackered. And uh, Barrow, for the first half, they had us figured out. And then Super Stephen Fletcher just shows his class. That's what good players do. They turn up in big moments and deliver for you. And Paul Mullin, you know, in the same week that he'd signed a new deal and said that, never mind Saudi Arabia, I'm quite happy at the race course, plunders one into the top corner. So, Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year. I'm doing well. 2024, Rich, I've got a feeling, I don't sound like the Black Eyed Peas here, but I've got a feeling it's going to be a good one. It's going to be another promotion, I think, on the cards. Yeah, I've I've got a good feeling about this year as well. It's going to be exciting to see just how it unfolds, really. But like you said there, I mean, the Warsaw game was was an off night. We were dreadful. There really wasn't much to, to cheer about. I thought Warsaw were good, but... 
it was just a I still thought it was a really crap game and we were there for the taking you know I know whenever you lose you've got to give credit to your opponents for actually turning up and beating us because even on our off days we do find a way to win off you know quite quite often so yeah credit to Walsall but I, I thought we were we were pitiful but the fact that they went and beat Grimsby 6-1 at the weekend shows that you know look they are one of the form teams in the division right now so it's very easy to just assume that, look, you've lost to a team low in the division, so you must be bad. But yeah, credit to them for for being on a good run. Credit to them as well for for winning at the weekend. Cause, oh, sorry, on Monday, because it certainly made our defeat look that little bit better. But sometimes, we've seen it before with this Wrexham team, you need to have a defeat so that they can reset, get the complacency out, have a kick at the backside, and then embark on another crazy run. It was what weirdly maybe helped us beat Notts County last season if we hadn't have lost to Halifax you know you wouldn't maybe have been surprised if we then lost to, to Notts County or, or dropped points against Notts County on that Easter Monday so sometimes you need to lose the fact Rex have already bounced back makes the analysis a little bit easier but yeah I, I've already put the Warsaw defeat to bed as just one of those things that happens it happens to everyone really yeah I'm just uh Briefly showing you a notification about Luke Williams uh, going to Swansea, so Notts County. When we get off this, I'm sure their Twitter feed will be perfectly normal and that'll be going well. Yeah, looks like he'll be in for the weekend as well. So interesting to see how that unfolds for them. I mean, again, that is a, a key part of Rexon's project, isn't it? Like I said, Notts County losing their manager. Interesting to see if he goes after any of the former Notts County players, someone like Langstaff, he, get his chance at Swansea. I reckon. That screams, it screams a move for Langstaff. They need goals and it just yeah. screams... The but goal. whereas Wrexham have just secured our two best outfield players for another three years. I don't know about you, Rich, but I just feel like... I mean, it, it sounds foolish and, and blinkered to say there isn't a job that could come along that Phil Parkinson would take. But I honestly feel so secure that he isesn't going to have his head turned by anything. I just don't see a job that's going to come up. I also think that just the nature of who Phil Phil Parkinson is, the type of manager he is, that I can't imagine he'd necessarily get poached. That's you know, a fair He's point. an amazing manager, but do you know what I mean? Like Luke Williams is obviously a manager at the very start of his career who's got this great reputation for playing possession-based football, very attacking. You know, I... We've seen the nonsense of social media of people saying that Wrexham aren't that good and we don't have progressive passes into the final third or a good XG and Phil Parkinson is just this buffoon according to these Twitter statisticians. But look, uh, yeah, I think Phil Parkinson's safe for as long as he wants the job. Wrexham players are committed to the cause as well. And yeah, is it, it, is, it, is, it is there even a way to say that Phil Parkinson is somehow outside of the Wrexham area underrated? I just feel like Absolutely. I just feel like the actual he does record. Not get the credit yeah, he deserves. When you look at it, I don't think anyone in Wrexham is underrating his achievements. You know, he's lauded as, as being, you know, one of the club's one of the club's great managers. But when you actually think about it and you hear the the outside noise, and we can call it nonsense and this and that, it, it, it's fascinating to me because yeah, I could call it ours. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. It's actually just very interesting to me to ask why do you think that? What evidence do you have from the Wrexham experience because you look at it he took Bolton up from League One didn't he Bradford he had that miraculous run to him I mean Phil Parkinson hasn't had too many I know Sunderland is the one people will point to but at Wrexham we had the very near miss when he was still molding a squad out he's finally got a squad we romped to a record points total that Chesterfield are now hunting down and you know we beat a very good Notts County side to the title and now he's got us top three going into the new year we're looking to strengthen this month. I mean, he couldn't. He, he honestly couldn't have done much more than what he's delivering right now. 
No. I mean, what's always held against Phil Parkinson is one, the budget he's got, which you know is an advantage. But I've seen so many times in football, and I see it in my day job a lot, that having a lot of money doesn't mean you spend it well. God, no. He has recruited the right people, the right personnel. We haven't just signed mercenaries who want to come to Rex and be mates with Ryan Reynolds and get a massive payday, this last swan song in professional football. Phil Parkinson deserves a huge amount of credit for that. He deserves a huge amount of credit for then managing the egos and keeping everyone focused, keeping out of favour players happy as well. Because you look at someone like Mark Howard, you look at Christian Dibble, look at the players on the bench, look at Dolby, look at Palmer, you look at players who aren't playing every week, Jordan Davis, Luke Young. They're not kicking up a fuss when they're not playing. They might be unhappy because they want to play every single week, but he's still got that togetherness and they're all in it together. Parky just doesn't get the credit he deserves because of the budget he spends. He's also got this reputation of being very root one, very stubborn with his tactics. I do think, we've discussed it in the past, that maybe tactically he needs to innovate and he needs to evolve his tactics at Wrexham if we were to get promoted again. But being stubborn and being particular about the way you play isn't a problem if you're very good at that. I remember Ask Wrexham fame, Mark Griffiths, who you all know. I remember when we were when I was on the media team, he said to me, look, a plan B is overrated because a plan B proves that plan A didn't work. Do Wrexham really need a plan B when plan A is so good? Yes, off, yeah, yes, there'll be times where it's not working out and you're losing the game, but most weeks it is working. Right. So, you know, I just think that Parky doesn't get the, the respect he deserves. He won't ever get the respect he deserves because of the money and the stature of it. I guess what's interesting for me is there will come a time, either when Wrexham get promoted to League One or the Championship, which I do think both will happen, eventually, um, where Wrexham are on a level playing field. We won't be the rich team in a division. Robin Ryan won't be enough for a player to leave one championship club to join another championship club. So that will be when like, really, really good management is required. I think we've got a brilliant manager now for the lower divisions and getting this promoted. But you do just think, as romantic as it would be, that there probably will come a time where the Rex and fairy tale has to continue without him. But right now he's doing an amazing job. He's been brilliant. And yeah, just to go full circle and hammer it down again, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. No, and to try and get him some of the credit he deserves, Rob McElhenney, who people love to tell me, messing me saying, has Rob McElhenney lost interest because Ryan Reynolds came and he didn't come also to... And people love to say, has he lost interest? And I even when I listen to your segment on TalkSport, they always, whether it's you or I go on, they always love asking, oh, are people moaning or have the owners kind of given up a little bit? They always love asking that and me and you always say, no, no, they're still tweeting about it and you know promoting us to the 20 million followers they have. And Rob McElhinney quote tweeted a pic... Uh, uh, tweet or a post from the Wrexham Lowdown, which is actually a very good account. I'm not sure who runs that account. So if you're listening, you run that account. Thanks for all you do on that account. Um, they put today was Phil Parkinson's 75th match in charge of Wrexham at the race course in all competitions, the Barrow game. His record in those 75 matches, won 59, drawn 12, lost four, scored, a, scored 208 and conceded 76 which is obscene. absolutely obscene. And of those four losses, Yeovil, when we lost 1-0, Liam McAllender was sent off. Um, something Everton, maybe, scored Sonny Everton or something like that. Um, Grimsby in the playoff, 5-4. You'll remember that one. MK Dons, 
uh, first game of the season. God, I've given away one of the quiz questions there if you haven't played. And um, Burton in the Football League trophy, which for all, in all intents and purposes was a second string team. And yeah. we and came very I'd close. also add on that as well, that what was it, 76 goals conceded? 76 goals conceded, yeah. 20 of them came in four games against Dover, Barnet, MK Dons and Swindon as well. Right. So we've had just these anomalies. So look, if you were losing just... They weren't even games. Only one of them, those we actually lost, didn't we? But, you know, look, if we were having some of these less basketball games, the record would be maybe even better in that regard. So, yeah. I mean, I'd also say on Walsall from, from last Friday, that was evidence for me. And, you know, the football was absolutely trash. But it was still a really fun away day. Uh, had a nice journey down with some of the Manchester Reds. Some in- interesting car topics, mainly about uh, air fryers. Um, and, and the wonders that they can have in Christmas dinner sort of setups, and then we went to a superb pub uh, about fifteen minutes away from uh, from Warsaw. We booked a table. It was dead. It was deserted. And Henry, who of course came up with the the best Rexman chant of all time, the Rye Rye McElhenney Rye, massively slept introduced on. me massively slept on that chant. Introduced me into the world of jalapeno poppers. Have you ever had a jalapeno popper? I'm too scared to ask what that is. Yeah, it does sound like a euphemism, actually. It sounds it? incredibly basically, sketchy, actually. Basically, it's a piece of like deep fried cheese. Right. Um, deep fried cheese, and it had like a jalapeno shell and then like a breadcrumb sort of outer shell oh, as so well. It's perfectly fine. It's not in any way sketchy. Oh, they, were, they were incredible. The waitress who served us, though, said, said that she hates them. So it wasn't the best selling point, but my word is it's a life changer. And I subsequently bought some more as well. <laughs> so, yeah, what I want to say about Walsall was, like I said, the football was bad. But I did enjoy my night out um, until the football start, I suppose. It was still really fun just to go away and go to one of those stadiums that, as a Wrexham fan of a certain era, we've we've driven past it so many times going down south. And it, I always used to think, God, it'd be handy if we were playing Walsall. Cause it never feels that far into a drive. Yeah, I'm happy to avoid that, ever going back there again, let's be honest. But like I said, we bounced back against Barrow. And I would say, Nafe, Barrow victory for me is the most impressive of the season so far. Oh, that's a big shout. What's, what would I have up there? I'm trying to think of the other... I mean, things age very good. You went to Mansfield away. That is a point that's aged like fine wine. You know, that's really, really um, come through. You'd have to say the Barrow result is up there for sure. I mean, the Newport game that I was at was so gritty. It was so windy that the ball was going up into the air and flying off onto the sideline. Um and there are games that will be forgettable, but the Barrow one won't be one that gets forgotten in a hurry. I mean, Stephen Fletcher's first um, hat-trick in English football, in English league football, uh, the, what is it, the 400th attempt? I know he's got hat-tricks elsewhere before, but his first hat-trick in English football uh, or in English league football. And um, yeah, what a player. What a player. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, go into the game, Barrow were on a club record 14 games unbeaten in the football league. They've never done that before. They had the best away record in all of League Two. They had the best defence in all of League Two. And yet, Wrexham just did what Wrexham do. I mean, I thought that... You know, I we thought started that, badly. Yeah, sorry, Rich. I thought that defence had us on absolute toast um, before the big serious injury that, that obviously was going to disrupt their... Yeah, that it was certainly a factor, but I still just think the way that Wrexham scored three goals in such quick succession. We've seen it in the past that, look, it's the quick one-two. It's what the very best teams do before you can recover they've hit you again and the game just gets away from you. We've seen so many times that Wrexham do it. Obviously, I do think the injuries were a factor and obviously they gave us the extra time 
at the end of the first half in which we took advantage, but they also killed the momentum of the game, which might have suited Barrow because Wrexham was just trying to start get a grip of it again. And you look, the injuries were clearly a huge factor. We send our well wishes to to both of those players, but it still takes a huge performance to score four goals against this Barrow team, so well drilled, so well managed. I just think it was it was brilliant, and I know Stephen Fletcher deserves his moment. But I also thought it was no surprise that Wrexham won when George Evans came back into the squad. I thought he was just unsung, understated and, and brilliant yet again. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, you know, the the midfield metronome we were calling out for. I don't think anyone can really play that role like him. Um, I think Andy Cannon's been really good in recent weeks, probably one of our most informed players, I think. Um, but he's just not a George Evans. He's a different calibre type player. Um, Elliot Lee as well has had a couple of really slow games, I thought. Um, I think, you know, to, to praise all these players, I think you've got to go the other way when they don't play well. And Elliot Lee and McLean for James McLean for the first goal were, I mean, that was absolutely dismal. Um, and it was right in front of you that it was so poor, that goal. And um, yeah, it, I mean, it stems from the right-hand side and then there's also errors on the left-hand side. I just think defensively, we were just caught napping. Everyone had sort of switched off. People just weren't doing the basics. But you know, I said I said at the time, uh, you know, in the stands, like if there's time to concede, make it 33 seconds into a match because you at least then have the opportunity to to hit back. Yeah. You know, sometimes I mean, look at Boreham Wood. It's, it's okay. Boreham Wood game, and that was what 44 seconds or whatever it was. So, um, you know, there, there can be a thing of scoring too early sometimes, as we know we've watched many match, and uh, can be one that is too early. So. Yeah, look, I mean, and also that free kick that Mullen's been practising. Uh, I know he said he was practising before the game. He's desperate to get a pair well, of there was whispers. predators, isn't he? There's whispers, there's, there's whispers before he took the, the free kick of people saying, why is he taking it? Oh, I really? mean, you've got Anthony Ford, who's really good at free kicks. You've got Elliot Lee, who I know we've criticised his set pieces, but you'd, given the form he's in this season, you'd say, yeah, why not have a crack? James McLean, even, you know, his corner for the for the third goal is... Luke Young-esque. It was so, such a good set piece that, and he has real venom. And yeah, I just, yeah, Mullen's free kick. I was, I was, I, I was thinking, look, like, oh, he runs the show here. He, he can do what he wants, but why is he taking this free kick? It's an unsung trait of his, isn't it, really? Because he's come close a lot of times. And there's been loads of games as well where, you know, he's drawn really good saves from the keeper or he's hit the crossbar or the post from a free kick. I think, again, we talk about underrated sort of attributes of Wrexham and this Wrexham team. I think, Paul Mullins' sort of set piece prowess does go under the radar a bit. Yeah, I think he just strikes the ball really well, and that's you know at a very base level is very handy if you're going to take set pieces. You know, there's a there's a finesse and there's an art to it, and and this isn't to undersell. Mullins very good at what he does, but he he's very good at mastering that kind of leather. It he does it with the penalty as well. He just hits it as hard as he can, and normally it's down the middle or. You know, more often than not, he just absolutely hammers it, and there's no way the keeper's going to be able to keep it out. And there was an element of that with a free kick that, all right, if, even if the keeper saves it, he's going to parry it or punch it, and it could go back into the danger zone. He's confident enough in his ability. But I did like the fact that on Instagram, he was trying to get a pair of those Predator boots. And, and actually, at the Newport game, uh, the guy to my right, who is, you know, uh, very, very knowledgeable and I think specializes in boots, um, was t- talking me through how rare these Predator boots were, Rich that are being worn by Elliot Lee, um, George Evans and James McLean. They're the three in the Wrexham squad that have got them. 
I didn't think it was a huge deal, but apparently, no, there's only 2,000 pairs in the world. Jude Bellingham is the face of the boots, basically. And they are selling for an eye-watering amount of money. So James McLean, George Evans and Elliot Lee have got essentially gold on their feet, I think. Now Paul Mullen wants them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's some, if there's one player who deserves them, it, it is Paul Mullen, isn't he? He's the golden boy of Rex, but still, still the face of it all. And again, you know, there were questions coming into the season. Would he sort of be up to scratch after a serious injury? Would he actually be able to do it in League Two again? Uh, you know, he's proven that week by week basis. I still think, look, Elliot Lee's player of the season, Georgia Conquo, George. Oh, sorry, George Evans and Oconquo. Well, George Oconquo uh, would be the perfect player. It'd be a ten every, <laughs> be a ten every week. They could, they wouldn't let anything go past them, and they'd also have the unbelievable footwork. And I mean, fair play, I love Arthur, but he gave me one moment where he gave me a near heart attack, where I think he just he kicked it out to was it to Max, I think, and it just was complete AWOL or Tom O'Connor maybe. Um, but yeah, Arthur, get that, get that signature, get that pen and paper out. I know they were doing Elliot Lee and Paul Mullin, but. It's got to be a Conquo next. It has. I mean, you talk about, because I know January is just unavoidable, isn't it, this this window? But there is no better business we would do, obviously, than a Conquo sign permanently. But even Mullen and Lee, like, they are, I know that often when teams don't buy players, they say they're like new signings or whatever, but Mullen and Lee both committed till 2027. That, that, the window's already good enough, isn't it, at that? Anything else I do think is a bonus. Obviously, we need to maybe try and overhaul the squad in places where we where you can just to solidify your promotion chances. But I asking you now, Naif, if Wrexham didn't sign anyone this month, do you still think we can get promoted? Yes. I, I do. I do, but I would I would say that I still think there's a big overhaul required in the summer. Um, I, I think, it, you know, to go... And we'll learn a lot about the weekend and we'll get onto that in terms of how we stack up against League One teams with the current crop. I just think we need more in key areas. I think we need more in attack. I think after Mullin, look, for example, there was talk and Mia, who we've had on the podcast, Mia Roberts was saying, you know, when's that contract extension for Stephen Fletcher? And I, and I thought about it and I was thinking, it's an amazing achievement and, you know, great for him. But would you be giving Stephen Fletcher a new deal? He's out of contract at the end of the season. You, you have to be ruthless with the calls you're going to make. And, you know, are you going to keep Ben Toza at the end of the season? Are you going to keep Jordan Tonicliffe, who is out again? Are you Max will become a, not a free agent, but Max will become part of the 22. Jake Bickerstaff, we've just seen him get a two-year deal. So decisions are being made slowly but surely. And Stephen Fletcher has at least, if nothing else, strengthened his case to stay. But I think if we, to answer your original question, if we don't sign anyone, I think we can go up. But there are major changes, I think, that need to be made for us to really kick on to another level. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also about, like you said there, just getting ahead of yourself for the summer, really. We saw that, what was Tom O'Connor a January signing? Ollie Palmer was January signing. Look, it's, it's about getting those players in place as, as early as you can, really, for to give them half a season to settle and then they can hit the ground running in the summer, really. I was going to ask, though, because I, I had this conversation at the game on Monday. Wrexham have a best-in-class goalkeeper in a Conquo. They've got best-in-class midfielders in Evans and Lee, and they've got the best-in-class striker in Paul Mullen in the division. Do you think we have a best-in-class centre-back out of all of League Two, where you'd say, look, they are the best of the best? No. So that's my that's what I think we need if we if we go up. I like I 
we've made so many statement signings and brilliant additions in defence. I think Tom O'Connor is a brilliant defender in his own right, but I still would love to see Wrexham make like a statement signing at centre half, like just a effing hell. How the why is he at Wrexham? Sort of, you know. I want to see us trending because of centre back we've signed, like someone biblical level levels. I want a championship level centre back. I'm greedy. I, I, I it's funny, isn't it? Centre backs they just don't really have that sex appeal that strikers and and playmakers have. You know, there's that you get a striker comes through. And it's right, like, who's the sexiest centre back? That's a new feature. You know what I mean? Well, let me know who who would be a centre back. Let us know who you think a centre back would be like. Bleeping hell, that is unbelievable. Like for example, well, say who I signed say, on FIFA. Say we'd have got James Chester before you reveal it. Say we'd have got James okay. Chester who was at Barrow. Would that have been a bleep in hell, or would that have been a kind of always come for a final? How would you felt about that? Um, yeah, is it is it bleeping hell? No, it would have been glamorous because right. obviously he's a former Wales international. But yeah, I don't think right it would have been that. that, that well. That's my point. I mean, that's my point. That's my point. So. Who is out there? That's what I'd like to know. I'm all for centre-backs. We need a couple of centre-backs, let's be real, um, if we're going to lose potentially three or four in the summer. Um, Max, I think, has been so good. I, I really hope Max can keep getting games and, if not, get out on loan because it, if what he's done in the last few games, Rich, is remind everyone that he's good and he has bulked out really well and he's been in the gym and worked hard and not kicked up a fuss, as you mentioned earlier. He, but he's too good to sit on the bench. And that doesn't mean he's got a God-given right to play every week for Wrexham. But he deserves to be playing for somebody. And for his own sake, I hope it's with us. But if it isn't, get the lad on loan or something. Because he just needs regular minutes every single week. Yeah, it is really difficult, isn't it, that one? The player I signed on FIFA, which was ridiculous at the time. You know, like when you sign a player on a video game and it kind of ruins the realism? But you, you do Who it anyway. is it? Who is it? I signed Joe Worrell after he was released by Nottingham Forest. Right. And he is available for transfer this month in real life. I know Leicester and Middlesbrough are both interested in him. We're not getting Joe, a, We're not getting Joe a, Worrell. I know, I know, but he's a 20... What, what, what I think would stand up for me in terms of a sexy centre-back would be someone who is like in the prime of their career. Not someone who's really young and highly rated or someone who's had a good career previously. It would be someone who is like you know between the ages of like 25 and 28 someone who right now is is brilliant and i think look Wrexham could be looking at, at teams who are maybe struggling in league one and don't have much to play for maybe even someone who's in the championship who would otherwise have a, a relegation scrap on their hands you know it's it's easier said than done i don't know that the ins and outs of it but rich for me why can't Wrexham go out and do for it for me the, and i watch a lot of championship football for me the best in class center back in my opinion who is young and has that kind of a conquer level um, appeal to him is Harwood Bellis at Southampton, mainly because I've covered Southampton a few times, ex-Man City, I think, and England. Yeah, and Burnley, yeah I mean, yeah. he's ridiculous. There's no way Wrexham could go out and get someone like that right now. But I just want to know who's people, because centre-backs is just a funny old position where there's very, very rare to have your socks blown off. Um, yeah, and it also signing. depends what you want from your centre back. Do you want a ball player, someone in the, the mould of like a clue earth, or do you want someone who's just no nonsense imagine, and just gonna imagine, cause... Now I'm thinking of just anyone. Imagine getting like Ben Cabango out of Swansea if Luke if Luke Williams was like, you know what, not for me. Yeah, who knows? I mean, 
We shall see. But yeah, sexy centre backs, get them in. Sexy Rob Ryan Red on all the socials. Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. Let us know your sexiest centre back. Nate, any correspondence this week? Anyone we want to uh, give a shout out to? I know the emails are trickling in. Yeah, we did. We got uh, a message from Chris Moxie, who sent, well, he sent lots of messages, but one of them he asked, yeah, but you guys posted the list of players out of contract at the end of the season when the news of Bickerstaff's extension hit. We should say very quickly, congratulations to Jake Bickerstaff. Two-year contract is no, there's nothing to be sniffed at. You know, that is... Um, in my opinion, that's a sign that he is going to go out on loan for 12, if not at least six months somewhere to get some experience because you text me this, Rich, and I think it's apt that Jake Bickerstaff's in that territory where he's a young player that's slowly going to become a not-so-young player. I call it the Jesse Lingard syndrome where he's not that old. Jesse Lingard, he's not that old, but he kind of he's still young at like 26 and 28. I remember getting, um, when I first joined the MEN, I remember getting slated by one of the other reporters because I referred to Andreas Pereira as a United youngster. And it transpired he was like 24 or 23. He'd always been a player who hadn't yet had a first-team chance and there was always that that promise of more to come from him. But he'd never really fulfilled that. And yeah, it soon sort of grew on you that, look, this guy isn't young anymore. And I, I do worry that that could slowly creep in with Jake Bickerstaff where we keep on saying he's someone for the future he's someone who deserves a chance he's only young give him a go and then you realize that he's older than the starting striker already or something so yeah I still think he's got a very good career to have in the future but he just needs to be playing games you said that in the summer you made the call right away and look he just needs to get out there so what you're saying is I was spot on right basically yeah, what you're saying. I'm hearing say. it. I, I'm not actually hearing it, but I'm imagining that's what you're saying on the other end. Kind. I'm going to go for the sort of politician's <laughs> approach where I just avoid saying it. Okay, so before I get into... Uh, I'm not not saying You're not it, not saying it. So Chris has put a, me- a question for Rich. I love the montage of your commentary calls. Is that, some, is that still an aspiration for you? Would you still like to be a commentator? I'd love to be a football commentator. I know you would. That's I don't why even I asked know how you. you almost get into it. I don't almost know where, where the next step would come. You'd think being in the football journalism world that becoming a football commentator would be an avenue that opens up. I just have no idea how how to get into it next, really. But yeah, I'd love we to. Need our own, to we need it. our own show. We need like talk sport to pick us up and put like Rob Ryan Red on the airways for millions of people to suffer. And then you'd become enough of a personality. But Chris's other note that wasn't just about your commentary dream was about expiring contracts, Rich, and transfer windows. Very apt. I won't go through the whole thing because he has sort of listed all the players that he thinks should move on and be kept. Um, and he's looking at the 22. He is looking at um, expiring 2024. Fletcher, he thinks that he should be kept on. And Fletcher, that there is something to offer there as a super sub impact. Um, says definitely exercise the one-year option in James McLean because his fitness is absolutely absurd for 35. But he does prefer to see Mendy starting, which complicates that left wing-back role. McLean's proven at Swindon. He was very useful further forward. So 
who knows in that sense. Uh, Max Kluwer, I'd expect him to get an extension sometime soon. He isn't expiring in 2024, by the way. Um, but he will obviously count in the 22 player limit. Um, ben Tozer, Chris is saying he'd like to say stick around for one more year for leadership purposes. You know, you shouldn't underestimate the level of leadership. And Ben Tozer did put on Instagram this week about um, how difficult a year it's been with him for his, with his dad and everything. So I know he's had lots of highs and lows, but he's of late he's had a lot more highs than lows, Rich. Yeah, and I'd also say that it always springs to my mind when we talk about this that. I remember just Wales sort of con- constructing teams for major tournaments. And it's like Chris Gunter would go because, look, we need someone who can, who's so popular in the dressing room and can offer that much. But, you know, he's not there for a playing role almost. It's not, I'm not going to say sort of ceremonial, but I do think there is a value in keeping maybe one or two players who aren't going to play every week, but just know the club inside out, are fully trusted by Parkey. And, you know, I think what Tozer's the dressing room DJ as well, isn't he, quite often? He's a big, big character. He helps new signings settle. He can be serious. He can be silly. He's just a really good pro to have have around. He's been there. He's done that. He's been promoted from League Two before. So he's he's certainly someone who who you'd like to stick, stick around if you had the option to keep them all there. But it is just a big ask, isn't it, to have all these players available because... But, you know, talking of that, about how important it is for certain players to be around, how much weight would you put into Macalinden, who's on an expiring contract? Paul Mullin has written extensively in his book about how much he loves Liam Macalinden. He only really wants to room with him. And if someone else is rooming with Macalinden, Mullin informs them that they are very much not and Macalinden will be with Mullin. Loves having him around, just is makes him at ease, makes him comfortable. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying you should keep a player for that reason, but if you were to play devil's advocate and you had to argue the case, is there a case purely for Mullen that you could keep Macalinden for a year? I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can do it when the squad's that thin, in terms of the amount of numbers of players you can have in it. I just don't think that you can. You can carry someone in that regard. No offense to him, but Macalinden's been kept around this season. He's been someone we've been able to afford to have for the first half of the campaign but ultimately you're a football player and like I said I think World Cups and stuff is different because it is just condensed tournament atmosphere you do need to be able to rely on someone to come into the team if there's injuries look if if it was next season and Wrexham had no centre-backs you wouldn't have a problem with Toza going into the team but what's been my concern this season is there's been games where Wrexham have no left wing back or no right wing back and Macalinden's still not been chosen. So that says to me that he's so far down the pecking order that his off-the-field characteristics and what he brings to the squad don't outweigh his footballing ability. I think there is a compensation you can have with certain individuals, but sadly for me, I know he's a great lad, and I'd love to have him on the podcast one day. I'd love him to go on and maybe be at a club where he's appreciated a bit more. It's a very priceless trait to have someone who... I'm not, not saying happy to not be playing, but isn't, you know, isn't going to kick up a fuss. And look, he's a br- brilliant pro to have, but I just don't think you can you can carry that in the squad going forward, really. Yeah, Chris has carried on with Young, McAlinden, Hayden, Tunnicliffe, Hosanna, McFadzine, Lainton, Waters and Boyle all to move on. Interestingly, Billy Waters was a name in the mouth of Halifax boss, um, saying that... 
basically they can't he, he, between the lines he was saying we can't afford Billy Waters and Billy want, Billy Waters wants to stay in the football league. Now he's not an expiring contract in 2024. Neither is Will Boyle, but you'd have to say both of those look a million miles away. Well, Waters isn't even in the 22, but Boyle as well. It's it's looking ominous for both of those two. Yeah, it's. There's, I just don't see a solution. I suppose. I mean, like we said, there's been so many wrecks and players during during Parkinson's reign where. We've written them off at first. I think of Cannon. I think of O'Connor. These players who I just didn't really see a, a role for them originally. And then they come into the team and then you see, wow. Part of me always thinks, look, if Boyle got a run and things were going a bit well, then maybe things could be different. Because you've got to remember, Boyle was written off as being a very bad defender. But it was at the start of the season when we had Foster in goal. We were conceding goals left, right and centre. We had no stability. And... I often thought he was getting punished and scapegoated for other defenders' problems. I think there was just systematic errors there with Wrexham's setup and the personnel. I do feel part of me that you know Boyle just was quite harshly punished, but then he does almost feel like a square peg in a round hole as well at times because there's been so much opportunity for him to come to the team and he's still not done it. You look at someone like Max, who is more deserving right now of the opportunities in the first team. He's been flawless. He's an absolute gem of a player. But Parkey must have signed off Boyle. He must have endorsed it. He must have seen that because, you know, that is just the the scouting network we have at the moment. It's just a really interesting one. And I know he's not... I, I think that Boyle is evidence that, look, signing a player from the Championship doesn't mean you're signing a Championship player. But there is clearly a, a better player than we've seen so far there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, let us know your thoughts. It's going to be a constant theme on the podcast for the foreseeable future as we get through to the end of the season. And hopefully come the end of the season, any of those that let go want to tell their story. They don't all want to, you know, some of the players are very happy to um, fade away into the background and not um, share the tales of what it was like at Wrexham, but some will, and we'll hopefully be able to bring you as many of those. But if you want to get an email read out or you want to, um, get a message read. Uh, RobRyanRed at gmail.com is the best place to send. Right then, Rich. The big, the big old game at the weekend. FA Cup third round. One of my favourite weekends of the year. I'll be there. You'll be there. Many people we know will be there. Another probably 1,698 other people will be there. Shrewsbury away. It's a biggie. <sighs> Tasty. Tasty. And I do, like, again, I think in a weird way that losing to Walsall might have given us the kick at the backside and reset that we need heading into this game. I know Shrewsbury finally won uh, early in the week themselves. It's not a ma- massive glamour win for them, but God, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, bring it on. I mean, we were all dreaming of MK Dons away this weekend originally, weren't we? I would have been very happy with that. I know my mum's friend, my mum's friend Steve, which is a brilliant sort of uh, relation. He bu- he booked um, MK Dons. He booked a, a hotel in Milton Keynes. I think mid or early August. He was that excited for MK Dons away. He'd convinced his wife to go for a romantic weekend in M- in Milton for... Keynes. And now they're going to Shrewsbury instead. I hope he's got a ticket, actually. I've not checked that. But, you know, MK Dons I was looking forward to. But Shrewsbury is just... 
Like I said, when the, when the draw was made, we all wanted a Premier League team. But the caveat was, look, if it's not going to be a Premier League team, let us play Cardiff, let us play Shrewsbury, let us play someone we've not played for a while and let's show them how much we've changed since you last saw us, okay? 15 years since we last played them. I think the pressure's on them. They're the League One team. They've got to show why they are. They have been leagues above us for, for years, why they still are a league above us. I think they've got a lot to lose. But ahead of the game, I caught up with a good friend of mine, a colleague, Tyrone Marshall. We both report on Manchester United for the Manchester Evening News. I'm a Wrexham fan. He's a Shrewsbury fan. What could possibly go wrong? Here's my chat with him ahead of the tantalising FA Cup tie this weekend. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Ty, we've spoken for many years about the prospect of, of Wrexham playing Shrewsbury. We finally get the treat this weekend. Are you excited for it or are you nervy? Uh, a bit of both, to be honest, Rich. Uh, very excited for it. Like you say, we've been, we've been speaking for years about this possibility. It seemed a very distant possibility three or four years ago, but it's, becoming, it's become a reality. And let's face it, from next season, I think it's going to become a regular reality, at least for one season. Um, so yeah, it's it's meeting on very different terms to the kind which I expected. There, there is excitement, you know. It's been fifteen, fifteen years, fifteen seasons since since the last game, the last derby. They were they were massive games for for me when I was you know when I was growing up sporting Shrewsbury. And they you know it, it, you are for me you are our biggest rivals. I think for most people you are our biggest rivals. There's there's been a long gap without the games, so it is it is huge. There is a lot of excitement, but there is obviously a nervousness within our within our fan base that, um, you know, I've not looked at the odds, but I would imagine we are underdogs for a home game against the League Two team. But I think that's just the reality of the situation at the moment. It seems like it's, obviously from my point of view, it seems like it's almost lose-lose for for you lot. Because like you said, you're the league above, you've had 15 years to prepare for this. You know, in our mission statement, it was always beat Chester whenever we played them. I'm sure if Shrewsbury had Hollywood owners, theirs would be always beat Wrexham when, when you play us. So, yeah... A lot to lose, I suppose. Yeah, it does. It does feel like there's a lot to lose. Um, like you say, there's. It, it it probably shouldn't be an. Well, it, it certainly shouldn't be an embarrassment losing the game. I imagine if you looked at the budgets, you know, I, I imagine you guys are probably spending more than we are on 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 the squad. Um, it, it's obviously a very good squad you've built there. There's a lot of momentum behind you, so I think. Like I say, Wrexham have got to be the favourites, but people won't necessarily look at that. They'll see League One versus League Two and and think that a League Two win away from home would be an upset, but you know I'm not sure I'd see it that way. And like you say, it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel lose lose to me because I think winning if we do manage to win, I think it would be a, a very significant win in terms of reaching the fourth round of the FA Cup and a huge win for the fan base and trying to build some momentum around a new manager who is under a lot of pressure already. So I think you know the. If we win, it's not going to be a case of we avoided a banana skin. You know, it's not like we're playing Telford or something like that. It's you know we're playing a, a very good team with some very good players. So I think the a win would be would be big. But you know, I, I certainly think given the way we've played this season, that we are we are probably outsiders. You mentioned that sort of mid table in League One. Many Wrexham fans would dream of having that sort of consistency, I suppose. But what is the sort of Shrewsbury feeling at the moment? Because in all honesty. 
is that maybe just about Shrewsbury's level? Mid-table League One team? I think it probably is, to be fair. And this, you know, this is the longest spell we've had it at this level for, for a long time now, for 30 odd years at least. You know, this is we had a, a brief spell where we went up and down a bit, but now we've we've really solidified at this level. We are a pretty consistent League One team. I think it's maybe a decade now in in League One and not that many relegation scrapes really within that time. Um, so yeah, I can see what you, you, you're kind of saying that this this is probably a level. Be happy with where you are. I think the issue is the football is really really boring <laughs> to watch um, and has been for a little while. To be fair, it was quite it wasn't great under Cottrell, but we got results under Cottrell. We were a better team under Cottrell than we were under Matt Taylor. Um, did score a few more goals, and there was a sense that he was gradually building something before it all kind of fell apart with the the board at the back end of last season. And I think there's also the case that, you know, we, we had that incredible season in, in 2017-18 where, you know, us, us Blackburn and Wigan ran away with the league, really. We were top three by by miles and we should never have been in the conversation with Blackburn and Wigan, but we were for a long time. We were top with, you know, we were top February, March time and it was a really close run thing. And in the end, we just got pipped to promotion under Paul Hurst. It was a, a you know the best Shrewsbury team of my lifetime by a long, long way. And we just lost out on promotion, finished miles clear of everyone else in the playoffs and then lost in the playoff final. And kind of inevitably, the, the manager went, all your best players went. And we've not we've not really recovered to ever get close to pushing on again. And, and you know, you're right that League One, the last few years in League One as well, especially, have been really, really competitive. There's been some big teams trying to get out of that league. It's, it's settled down a little now, but we've not really come close to pushing for the playoffs again and this season's a strange one because, like, like I say, we are we are mid-table. I think after the win on New Year's Day, I think we're at maybe nine, eight or nine points clear of the relegation zone. So it's by no means disastrous. We've been in worse positions over the last 10 years in, in League One. But, you know, well, one of the issues is, I think, that it is just really, really dull. Um, and I think that is an issue for supporters. I suppose it's brings us nicely on to Sam Ricketts then, doesn't it? Um, he's one of the most common links between the clubs in recent years. Uh, how is he remembered by Shrewsbury fans? Of course, he left Wrexham to uh, to join you. He did, yes. Yeah, not brilliantly, to be honest. Not brilliantly. Um, it's you know It's been a, a slog in terms of managers since Paul Hurst left, really. Um, like I say, we got Cottrell and there was, a lot of, there was a lot of doubts when we got Cottrell. He was the chairman's mate, basically, even though they ended up falling out. And he was seen as an old, sort of an old boy, past it manager, not an exciting new face, but he really united the fan base. I think, in a in a strange, dark sort of way, it helped. It nearly died with COVID. It kind of, you know, it brought it brought a unity, and he appreciated the support from the fans, and it, it really, you know, it did create a bond. And I think he really appreciated what he had. And no other manager has, has created that. Ricketts didn't create that. Um, you know, strangely, I think Ricketts' Ricketts' approach to um, one of our last big FA Cup ties away at Liverpool cost him when Liverpool played the kids and Klopp didn't even turn up on the on the mid-season break and we just never gave it a go. It was a really negative performance and I think that was pretty costly. The manager before Ricketts, John Askey, was a, a total disaster. So we have struggled manager-wise recently and like I say, Ricketts is is not fondly remembered but he's not alone in that regard. And I know on... Um, like I said, we got the big win on New Year's Day. Before that, we lost away at, at Cheltenham. We've been really struggling this year. We lost away at Burton, and there were there were calls at, at certainly at the Burton game for for Taylor to go. So he's under a lot of pressure and getting a lot of stick from fans already. So, and like I said, I think I think part of the issue is that just 
ever since that her season, the football has been really dull. I know I keep going back to it, but even when we win, they're really they tend to be dull, grind it out wins. I mean, we we scored three on New Year's Day. Until then, we scored fourteen in twenty five league games. We scored three in fourteen away league games. Our top scorer in the league is a centre half. It's it's pretty desperate stuff in in terms of in front of goal. So so that's certainly not helping the the situation. Who are the the Shrewsbury star players to, to watch out for this weekend. What, where do you think the game could be won or lost then? Because you, you know, grinding out results isn't necessarily a bad thing, but teams that beat Wrexham tend to have to outscore them in, in certain games that are high profile. I know we're not as good away from home as we are at home, but you sense it could be maybe one of those basketball games. Yeah, that's the thing. If it does turn into one of these crazy Wrexham shootouts that we've seen sort of so often in, in recent years, then I, ca- I can't really see how we live with that, to be honest. I don't think we've got the firepower of, of Wrexham. I wonder if... I mean, our, our best chance is undoubtedly home advantage. I, you know, criticised the away form there. At home, we're not bad. We've won seven, seven in the league at home this season. That tends to be where all our results come. It's going to be very close to, if not a sellout, um, and like you say, we're, we're good at, ho- at home. You're excellent at home, not as good away. So I think our best chance is at home and our best chance is defending very well and, and trying to make it a, a 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 kind of game rather than you know letting Wrexham play and, and letting you create chances and get chances because I think that's going to make it really difficult for us. It's one of those where we're going to have to defend well and we have defended pretty well at times this season. Uh, you know, Shea Dunkley's good at the back. We've got a... A good centre-half who will hopefully be back for it. He was on the bench at the weekend, uh, a lad from Ireland, Jason Shrahar, who's been pretty good. So hopefully we can defend well and, and I think that will will set it up and then it's just in terms of where the goals come from. I mean, our, our, our kind of main man in front of goal, who's, who's only got three in the league this year, is injured Dan Udo. He missed the whole of last season with a knee injury until then, was was pretty highly rated and was, was close to a championship move, I think, before getting injured. Um, he's certainly got a, a lot of a lot of potential, but is not available. And then you, you know, we've got a, a striker from Ireland, Sonowali, who's not scored this season. Um, Ryan Bowman's probably the next best bet in front of goal. He got a hat trick in the last round away at Notts County. But if, if anyone hasn't seen the highlights of those goals, I would recommend looking them up because it is it's three of the biggest gifts you will ever see in terms of, of a hat trick. Just Notts County attempting to play out and just passing the ball to Bowman unmarked. Basically, it was. Um, a, a bizarre and incredible hat trick, and the only way any of our players are ever going to score a hat trick at the moment, I think. So, so yeah, I think if if we're to win, it's going to be one nil or two one or, or something like that. We, I think I spoke on our podcast when the draws made that very unlikely we'd both get it off work, but that miracle has happened so far. What are your plans for Sunday then? Is it a big big trip back home with some of the old lads, or how how excited are your your, your group of mates? I suppose for this one. Yeah, very excited. Like I say, we're we're all of an age where, when you know, when when we were going home and away every week and all living in Shrewsbury, we were, you know, I mean, like I said, the last game was fifteen years ago. We were playing regularly, kind of, a few years before that. So we, you know, they they were they were huge games for us back in the day. And there's long been an excitement at the prospect of of ever playing you again. Obviously, I think we we all hoped it would be FA Cup first round, and you'd still be a mid-table non-league team and. And we could we could run over you and thrash you four 0 or something and enjoy the moment, but things have, have very much changed from that. But yeah, I'm going back on Saturday night actually, and um, going out on on Saturday night, taking it easy on Saturday, and then yeah, 
Um, a group of us getting together on, on Sunday and a few drinks before the match. I think we said we were both surprised it was actually a 2pm kick-off. Yeah. Uh, didn't see that coming, knowing knowing what West Mercia Police are normally like for, for these games. I I thought they'd be, be wanting to cap that at 12 o'clock. So a couple of extra hours drinking time, which which will be good. And yeah, hopefully it will be an, an atmosphere to match. It's... Um, it's uh, it's it's badly needed, really. The, the atmosphere can be can be decent there, but it very much depends on the crowd. And like I say, I think it is tickets have gone on general sale um, today on Thursday, so I think it is it is now creeping very close to a sellout. So it should be a great atmosphere. Well, whatever happens, I'll see you in the car park afterwards, and we'll see who the real winner is. I'm excited. He's excited. We're all excited, Nafe. Yeah, for you, can you see us pulling off what would be another upset? Yeah, I mean, yes, of course, I can. Um, Shrewsbury this will come back to bite me on the backside won't it that in attack they look fairly anemic they don't I think they've scored 17 goals all season in League League 1 which I think only Exeter have scored fewer than that I think Exeter have scored 16 goals I'm pretty sure that only Exeter have scored fewer goals than Shrewsbury um, so that so that, that shows you that the issues they've got in attack Ryan Bowman will know well I know he was gifted goals against uh, Notts County. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure that they've got yeah, yeah. the uh, the sort of the second lowest scorers X to have 16 goals a season. Cheltenham and Shrewsbury both have scored 17 goals and Ch- a season. Which and Cheltenham are se- second 17 bottom, goals. They? 17 goals. That's like a fortnight's work. Right, for them, exactly. That's like two or three. I home would games. point out though. Would point out though that Shrewsbury, as Ty alluded to, they have got the 21st worst away record in the division. They've only taken eight points away from home this season, only scored three of their goals away from home. At home, they've actually got the eighth best record in League One, um, 22 points from 13 matches, scored 14, conceded 15. So if Shrewsbury were going to be playing the tie, they'd want to be at home. If we were playing the tie, we wouldn't want to be away. Yeah, I, I don't think they would want a replay. I really don't think they would want to have to come to the race course knowing what the draw is and kind of, the fans up in a frenzy and that would be great for a lot of people i think a, a replay would be good in the sense of it would mean a lot of people could get to watch that game that didn't get to the away game i know our hot tickets have been going um i think we can do i'm just interested by the lineup that we go with i do think pace can hurt them i think an aerial game will suit them i don't know if they'll play but shay dunkley is a, is a very 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 accomplished center back for them and will relish an aerial battle if we're just going to start launching balls in you know, as if we've got 11 Ollie Palmers on the pitch. Barnett, you know, is it a game for him? Ford, is it a game for him? Mendy's not there, you know. I was going to ask you this, because obviously, what was it? I mean, last couple of seasons, or last season particularly, we have rung the changes in the FA Cup ties. You look at Coventry away, and when the lineup dropped, I was pulling my hair out. Why is he playing? Why is he playing? And then we go off and pull out the bag. Shrewsbury at home is massive. The players, I hope, understand how big a game this is for for Wrexham supporters. But but do you put any wild card selections in there, Nate? Do you drop someone who you think should be starting the game? Is it Dolby instead of Fletcher from the start? Is it like you said, Ryan Barnett, who of course played through the middle when he came on against against uh, Barrow as well? Just do you think there's a, a wild card selection in there this weekend? Do I think there's a wild card selection? No, I. I... Don't think there will be personally. I mean, I'm looking at the team we put out. This is the team we put out in round one against Mansfield. A Concoin goal, uh, James McLean at left wing back, Anthony Ford at right wing back, Tom O'Connor, Ben Tozer, George Evans, 
James Jones, Andy Cannon, Elliot Lee, Paul Mullin, Sam Dolby. I mean, that's pretty much full strength, if not full strength at that time. Um, I'd be interested to see if he goes with Max again. I think he should. I would imagine he sticks with Fletcher instead of Dolby. There's just not a lot. You know, McLean is going to play because Mendy's away in Saudi Arabia for this pre-AFCON Gambia squad training or whatever it is. I don't know why I'm speaking like one word a minute. Um, so I don't know. I think he'll go full strength. But you, you sort of have to. There's no There's no game after that until Wimbledon at home on the 13th. So just go for it. The draw is, I think, as we'll be leaving the ground. I think it's about four or something. Yeah, let's hope we've got one to, to be refreshing the phones for. We shall see. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'm expecting a dreadful match of football, oddly really? enough. I just think it's going to be like two goals in the game. I I think, you know, I just think there'll be two goals in the game. I don't think it'll be very high quality. Yeah, the only one, I'm, the only one I'm thinking of in terms of actual selection dilemmas is Ford and Barnett. And I don't know, for you... We've always both kind of agreed that away from home we like Ford better than Barnett, but Barnett against his former team, you know, will have pace to burn. We'll maybe have a point to prove, you know, there from having been let go. How do you see that one? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's it's difficult. I I I do agree with you that I think Ford from the start and then bring Barney on after the hour mark or maybe a bit earlier than that, depending on how the how the game's going. We've just been so susceptible, haven't we, in the wide areas defensively as well, that if you've got McLean and Barnett, I just have visions of conceding a really sloppy goal at the back post and at the time maybe getting away from you. But we can score goals. And the other part of me just thinks, look, Shrewsbury don't score many goals. If we go there and score, they have to get at least two, which is something they very rarely do anyway. So why don't we just go Gunko? We can outscore teams. And if there's a team that you'd fancy yourself to outscore, it would probably be Shrewsbury. If it was one of these wild basketball games we see, that's not necessarily a bad thing this weekend. So, yeah, it's it's head versus heart for me. Like being pragmatic, I say play forward and let's try, you know, sneak a win. The other half of me says, look, we can thrash anyone. Look, we might concede a few goals, but let's go beat them five four. God, do what we have to do. You and I would have a lot of fun. Our fans would. Absolutely despair at our cavalier we'd tactics. Like those two, uh, we'd be like those two clowns who used to manage Salford, wouldn't we? <laughs> Which the ones, who, the ones who clearly had sort of anger management issues. Morley and the other one, Johnson or something. Like Johnson, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that could be them. But I think it'll be a very good. Game. I actually think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a great atmosphere. Although the stadium does seem in the arse end of nowhere, which isn't very good. Um, so if anyone else is getting the train, yeah, up, it's called Shrewsbury, mate. If anyone else is getting the train up, let me know because I will be there on the train. Um, Prediction-wise, I'm going to go then. I'm going to say... I'm going to say a draw, Rich, actually. I'm going to say a draw and we'll do them back at the race course. Yeah, I would not I would not say no to that. But look, we need positivity. It's the new year. It's the new us. Gone with the negativity. I'm going Shrewsbury 1, Wrexham 2. Oh, glorious. And that's it then. Thank you very much for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red. We'll be back next week. We've got a special guest to look at the transfer window. We'll look back at whatever happened this weekend and look ahead, like they said, to that next match as well. Rob Ryan Red on all the socials, as always. We posted and plugged a few things as well. A shout out to our good friend Neil, who is doing a 
sponsored walk in memory of his brother. The link for that is in, in the description probably, and we have tweeted about that as well. Hypnotic, the Wrexham-based band who sponsor the podcast, they are running their own competition as well. They are giving away this season's Wrexham third shirt, the really nice, sexy black one. Imagine a sexy centre-back black centre-back wearing that black shirt, which is a tongue twister. Uh, they're giving away one of those in size L along with a hypnotic beer opener and they are a beer bottle opener, I should say. It could open all, all beer, who knows. And they're also giving away a copy of the Mafia game that Wrexham players were playing during pre-season. That is on the hypnotic uh, X feed. We have plugged that ourselves. If you go to Rob Ryan Red, Rob Ryan Red on the socials, you'll be able to find that as well. Yeah, I'm done talking. I was going to say, you, you, Thank you're, you very you're exhausted, much. Rich. You, you, you're tripping over your words. I'm cold. I've got this this like sort of sniffle as well. I hope it's not been too distracting or all, all, all sort of podcast. But right, thank you very much. We'll see you again next time. Take care. Come on, Rex. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.